Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Right, good morning everybody. We are going to be speaking about the promise of the Father this morning. And uh, looking at it, not only hopefully speaking about the promise of the Father, but it is our desire and our um, want that actually not only do we preach about it, but actually we receive uh, what the Father has promised. And the promise of the Father is this, that he would pour out his Holy Spirit and that we would be baptised in him. Now, I want you to know that this promise is not time limited. It hasn't got a sell-by date on it, hallelujah. And it's not a once-in-a-lifetime promise that once you've taken it, you can't take of it again. And the reality is this, is that actually we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need him personally. We need him as a church family. And we need him to fulfill the great commission that Jesus has given us. And uh, the reality also is that our nation is desperately wanting us to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. The nation needs a Holy Spirit baptised community of faith in the nation. Our streets need it, our villages, our towns and our region needs it. So uh, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend more time speaking than we have done recently Um, The Holy Spirit is part of our core values. One of our core values is word and spirit. So we're going to give good time uh, this morning just to teaching on things. We're going to look at who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what the Holy Spirit does. And then we're going to look at how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether it's going to be for the first time or whether it's going to be the the many or the ninth time that we've received. We're going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's start by reading the Bible. We don't do this just because we're good evangelicals, but we do it because actually by reading the scriptures, we release faith in our hearts. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're going to read the word of God. So if you've got a Bible, uh, we're going to read, first of all, John chapter 7. We're going to read from verses 37. Sam's going to put the verses up that we're reading this morning, um, but you can follow them on your own device or on your own Bible. We're going to read from the New International Version. So John chapter 7, verses 37 uh, through to verse Uh, I've lost it. Verse 39. So on the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believe in him were laid to receive. For up until that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. And then if you turn back in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, I'm going to read the verses that we read uh, last week. 
First, uh, we're going to read from verse 46. It says this, and he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then if you turn forward in your Bibles to Acts chapter one, we're going to look pick up what Jesus says and then see what happens. So Acts uh, chapter one, verse four says this on one occasions while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then just over to the opening verses of chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. Amen. So this morning, as I say, we're going to start by looking at who, who is the Holy Spirit? And uh, as I said last week, the Holy Spirit is God. Eternally so he is God. And that means that all the nature all the attributes, all the character of God are fully and perfectly in him. He is of the same substance and the same essence of God. He is not a force or a power, but a person. And being called the third person of the Trinity does not mean he is somehow less than or second to or less than important than God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. But, you know, there is only one God, and it is God himself that has revealed to us that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this is really important because what that means is that we're not going to be baptised into an impersonal power or force, but actually we're going to be baptised into the person of the Holy Spirit or with the person of the Holy Spirit, actually into and with God himself. This is very exciting. We can be truly excited about what God has done and what he has promised and what he continues to do throughout every generation. We're very exciting. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit? And through the reading of the Bible, through the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit has two fundamental roles, the role of creator and the role of empower. So right at the beginning, almost the very first uh, verse of the, uh, the Bible shows us that the Holy Spirit was hovering or brooding over the void, the emptiness that was going to become the cosmos 
as we know it. And I love that phrase that he was brooding because it's like a, 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 a bird on the eggs, brooding over the eggs, waiting for them to hatch. He was waiting for the word of God to come, let there be. And then the Holy Spirit was going to release his power so that creation should come. And then very quickly, we see that um, the Holy Spirit with Jesus, with God the Father, are involved in this discussion when they say, let us make man, let us make man in our own image. And as we see in, Ge in Genesis chapter two, that God shapes man out of the clay, out of the dust of the earth, and then breathe into him. He breathes his spirit into our spirit so that we would become living beings. And then we see the Holy Spirit doing his work of empowering. So there are people through men and women throughout the Old Testament whom the Holy Spirit comes upon and they do the role, the task that God has given them to do that. We see that with Gideon. Uh, we see it with the kings like King Saul. We see it uh, with a man called Beziel. Beziel was a gifted man by the Holy Spirit in all works of metalwork and artistry. And it was through him that uh, the Holy Spirit ca came upon and he was the creator designer according to God's plan for the tabernacle that was in the wilderness where God dwelt by his, pr his presence dwelt whilst the children of Israel were going through the wilderness and into the promised land. And interestingly, one of the kings that the Holy Spirit came upon was David, King David. And sadly, we know that uh, King David murdered the husband, had the uh, husband of Bathsheba killed to cover up his sin. And when Nathan the prophet comes to David to show him and confront him over his sin, David repents and confesses his sin before God. And very interestingly, in that confession, David doesn't appeal to God to say, protect my name from the people, protect me from the shame of what I've done. He doesn't say, oh, and do not take my kingdom, my throne from me. But he does say this, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I find it amazing how much value, how precious and how important and vital the Holy Spirit was to David. And he lived the other side of the cross. And, and that value, that importance that was given by David to him. But we also see the Holy Spirit on the prophets. And we see that. As we go into the prophets, Isaiah, as we go into prophet Jeremiah, Ezekiel, we find that there becomes a, a, a definition around the work of the Holy Spirit to do with the new covenant, to do with what Jesus was going to come and do. And so in Ezekiel uh, 36, we see that uh, there is this prophecy that God gives Ezekiel. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to keep my decrees. So the Holy Spirit's creative work, creative role, 
comes again. And Jesus makes it very clear that it comes in the work of us being born again by the spirit in his conversation with with Nicodemus. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus to us. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then the second stream that we see emphasized again uh, by the prophets is that whole work of empowering us to do the works of God. And we see that in particularly in Isaiah 61, where we know it was speaking of Jesus, where Jesus said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then he lists these other things that he is going to do. And then we see again something quite remarkable in Joel chapter two, verse 28, where God says, I will pour my Holy Spirit out on all people, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour my spirit out in those days. And what's remarkable here is that the Holy Spirit was being poured out, not just on one or two, but now on all who love Jesus, all that have been born again by the Spirit of God. And when we get into the Gospels, we see John the Baptist prophesying this again. John prophesied this, I will baptize you with water, but the one who comes after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to take off or untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that prophecy appears in all four gospels in matthew mark luke and john but interestingly not the nativity the nativity doesn't the nativity doesn't appear in all four gospels but the importance of the coming of the holy spirit of the baptism of the holy spirit is so high on god's heart so important in god's heart for us that he inspired us inspired the holy spirit to write it uh, four times um, as we have seen, you know, Jesus, it says of Jesus that he emptied himself. He took on the form of a man Now he came fully as man and lived as an example as a man amongst us. He was never not God, but he emptied himself. He chose not to use his power as God. He didn't, he didn't uh, grasp after the quality of God, but he lived as a man amongst us and he is become our, our our example and he's called is for us to live like him like him as he lived like us we're called to live like him and and what is recorded in in luke 3 luke 4 and luke 5 is is that jesus lived by the holy spirit we see as he, jesus is baptized in water when he comes up the holy spirit comes upon him and Luke records that then Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he went into the wilderness and where he was tempted by the devil. And then he makes this comment that Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the spirit. And then as Jesus is doing his ministry in Luke chapter five, Luke records that the Holy Spirit uh, was present. The power of the Lord was present to heal. And we know that Jesus said of himself, I, I say nothing that the father, I, I do not say anything that the, uh, unless the father has said it. 
And I, 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 I do nothing unless the Father has shown me what to do. But, you know, even though he did those things, he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit in him. So we, we see that um, we see that Jesus, as our example, lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I suppose what I'm saying is, well, why wouldn't we? And in the New Testament, we, we see these two streams. We see the, the work of the Holy Spirit in us being born again, and then the work of the Holy Spirit in us being baptized. And they seem to be two separate, and they are two separate experiences. And so let me just list that to us. So on the day of Pentecost, we see uh, the disciples and the 120 people that were gathered baptized in the Holy Spirit. For the disciples, we know that was about 40 to 50 days after they were born again. In Cornelius' house, when Peter goes there, he's halfway through his gospel explanation and the Holy Spirit falls on them. They, they were saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit at, at the same time. And in Samaria, where Philip went and had this extraordinary revival going on, where people were saved and they were baptized in water, it was some weeks later that Peter and John go to Samaria and then lay hands on the Samarians and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For the Apostle Paul himself, it was three days from his salvation to actually being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when Paul goes to Ephesus and he meets this group uh, of John's disciples, they then, uh, he explains to them about the Holy Spirit. They're then baptized in water and they receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. We don't know when they were saved, but after they were baptized in water, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and what we see from that is that actually um, the, the being saved, being born again, is a distinct experience from being baptized in the Spirit. It can come all at the same time, or it can come some weeks or time after that. And for some of us, it's come perhaps years after we were uh, born again. I just want to say something about the words baptism, the words filled, the words being poured out, because there's been a lot of discussion in history about those words. First thing I want to say is the word baptism is not a religious word. It is in our culture, but it's not a religious word in, in, in the Greek, in the culture where uh, Jesus was alive and the disciples were living. It actually was a common Greek word. And one of the areas that it was used was in the cloth trade. So uh, a person would make a piece of cloth and they would plunge the cloth into the dye and, and, and the cloth would absorb uh, all uh, the colour of, of the dye. In fact, it would be totally permeated with that colour. Well, what the cloth maker would say is, I have baptised the cloth. So to be baptised in the Holy Spirit is to be baptised into him, that actually we become permeated with everything that he is in all of my being. Now, being filled with the Spirit is a separate word. It doesn't have the same root as being baptised. And yet it has the same meaning. It means to be permeated. So when we are filled, when we are full, we are permeated. So in John chapter one, it says that Jesus 
was full of grace and full of truth. That means he was permeated with, with, with grace and permeated with truth. It was who he was. And then when Luke writes about Jesus being full of the spirit, he means he is permeated. And so I just want to say these these words, though they are different, have the same meaning. And to pour out the Holy Spirit to be poured out carries the sense of inundation, that we are being inundated by the spirit. Again, a different word, but similar connotation. And the heart of Father God is this, that you and I would be permeated with the Holy Spirit. So I want to move on to how, how then do we get baptised in the Holy Spirit? How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And we just want to focus on that passage I read in John chapter 7. Uh, it says this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, streams of living water will flow out of him. And actually, Jesus was referencing Ezekiel 47 there, where about the river that flows uh, from the temple out to the sea uh, and the life that it brings as it goes on the way. And we see four things there. We see the word thirst. We see coming to Jesus. We see drinking and we see belief or faith in Jesus. Now, to thirst in the natural um, sometimes I think in this country, we probably don't get that thirsty in hot countries. I think we do. So sometimes we get thirsty because it's hot. Sometimes it's because we've worked hard or we've exercised hard. We've done something physical. We, we get thirsty. Like me speaking this morning, I'm getting thirsty. So I'm going to actually have a drink as I'm speaking about it. Mm. Wonderful. Sometimes we get thirsty because of what we've tasted or what we've eaten. Sometimes we get thirsty because actually we haven't drunk. We have been without, um, without water. And I want to say that spiritual thirst is actually very similar. Sometimes we get thirsty because there is a gap between what I experience and what I read in the Bible or hear preached or uh, someone's testimony between what I experience in my own life. I think we get thirsty when we recognize the scale of the mission or simply living in our secular, pseudo-pagan, liberal society. We get thirsty. Sometimes we get worn out because we've given and given and given again and we forget to stop and drink spiritually and so we become spiritually dry. You know, we, we know, don't we, that wherever we drink and whatever we drink, the only one who can satisfy our soul thirst, the only one who can satisfy our thirst is Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. And actually, part of our thirst is that we are desperate for more of him. Like the psalmist wrote, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you and 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 that thirst gets created in us I, I just tell you a quick story about a lady called Barbara Barbara was a a young 40 year old mum she was part of a a, a a little evangelical village church 
and the, the, the guy that was leading that church was such an excellent teacher of the Bible that there came a point where she realized there was this huge gap in her life. She became desperately thirsty. She was not experiencing both in her personal life and, and in, in the mission of her life anything that she was reading in the Bible. So one day her husband went off to the uh, church prayer meeting. She went to her room. She shut the door and she said, God, I am not leaving here until I have met with you. But she had no knowledge of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She didn't know what it was. And while she was praying, while she was pouring out her heart to God, he baptized her in the Holy Spirit and she started speaking in tongues. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And it wasn't for two weeks until actually she phoned her brother and said, Bob, I want you to know something remarkable has happened to me. I have been filled with God. I don't understand. I don't know what it is. And he said, oh, I know what it is. About two years ago, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that is what has happened to you. You see, we don't even need to have a language for it. But when we are thirsty, like Bible, when we come saying, God, I need you. I cannot go on. I, I am not experiencing what you promised. He will pour out his spirit. In fact, in Luke uh, chapter 11, verse 13, he says, the father will give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. So we need to come to Jesus. That's the second. Th the second thing we do is we come to Jesus. He is the baptizer. John the Baptist said it. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. So how do we come? We come humbly. We come in full surrender. We, we come with that attitude that says, I need all of you in all of me. We, we accept, God, I am not enough. It is not by my might or my power. It's got to be by your spirit. And we come and say, Jesus, give me water. I am thirsty. I am desperate for you, just like Barbara did. And then we come and drink. You see, drinking is not passive. God is not going to waterboard you. Jesus is not going to waterboard you with the Holy Spirit. No, we need to come and receive what Jesus is giving to us. And interestingly, in the Greek, the word receive means to take. And so we come to to drink we come to take what jesus has got for us we come to activate our faith and in fact coming to jesus right now and asking him for the holy spirit is an activation of our faith we need to believe in fact in hebrews 11 verse 6 it says if we come to god we must believe that he exists and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him so we need to exercise faith we need to exercise our our belief in jesus i just want to say something about speaking in tongues and the baptism of the holy spirit from what we read in the book of acts there is clearly a link between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. So that when we come and ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
we can have a, a healthy assurance, a assured expectations that we can, will speak in tongues. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 speaks concerning speaking tongues. He says, I wish that you would all speak in tongues. And then he said, I, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then he says a couple of very exciting things. He says, when we speak in tongues, we speak mysteries to God. And he says that we build ourselves up. And then he says something very important about speaking in tongues and prayer, that actually part of the, the, the speaking in tongues is that we pray with the spirit. We pray in the spirit. We pray by the spirit. And actually the Holy Spirit in Romans 8 actually prays through us. That is really important because actually there are many times, aren't there, in our lives where our English language is just not enough. It's not enough. And actually having that gift of tongues enables us to speak and express ourselves to God. Speaking in tongues is a wonderful and vital personal gift from God to us. Now, pastorally. I have known people who, in coming to be prayed for, to be baptized in the Spirit, Holy Spirit, start speaking in tongues before they get to us. So a guy called Steve, uh, I've been preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He came walking to the front and said, Mark, I'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was he was probably a meter from me and I hadn't even prayed anything. And the Holy Spirit came and he started speaking in tongues, which is wonderful. But I pray for a number of people and, and they do not speak in tongues straight away. Some people, it's a few days later, perhaps it might even be a few weeks later. They're either in their personal worship time, uh, they're reading the Bible, it might be corporate worship time. It might be that they're not uh, actually doing anything spiritual at all. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit comes on them and they, they speak in tongues. Some people uh, struggle with speaking in tongues because they fear they're going to lose control can i just say god is not a god of control he will not overtake your mouth you will be in control of what you speak and what you don't speak some people don't receive because actually they're thinking they're making making it up that's a very common thing and some don't receive because they actually don't open their mouths and say god's not going to waterboard us actually we are speaking in tongues we use our voice our, our vocal cords uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit gives us those words. There can be other reasons as well why we don't speak in tongues. But I want to go back to where Hamish and the Holy Spirit led us in our worship. Because it's really, really important to see that there are no first class and second class Christians. We are all favourite, beloved sons and daughters of God. And so... Whether you're baptizing the Holy Spirit or not, whether you speak in tongues or not, does not make you less loved, doesn't make you less accepted. You are a beloved son and daughter of Father God. It is my belief and my personal conviction from scriptures that all who are baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, have the personal gift of tongues available to them to to receive so i'd want to just say that let's as we come to pray now i'm going to be joined by Sharmini. she's going to come and sit with me we just want to minister 
uh, to you this morning as a church family. This is for all of us. As I said last week, this is for children, for teenagers. If you love Jesus, this is for you this morning. And this is for all of us. Whether we've been baptized in the spirit before, today is a day to be freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do quite simply is we're going to take some time just to settle our hearts. Remember, we're coming to Jesus. So let's focus on Jesus right now. Shami is just going to share some things. You're going to read a scripture just to ignite our faith. And then I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to invite you to verbalize your request to God to be freshly or to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to wait. We're just simply going to wait. Hamish is going to um, uh, quietly, uh, quietly play at some point. And then after a while, we are going to thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to thank God for his promise for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sharman and I will do that. We'll do that in English. I'll encourage you all to thank God in English. And then we will just begin to speak in tongues, our thanks and our love to God. And, and what I want to do and what we want to do is just to invite you to join with us. It might be for the first time. It might be for the nth time, but you can speak in tongues. And then as that dies down, then we will worship God. And Hamish has got a song that we can worship uh, God. Now, I appreciate right now, this might not be an easy thing for you. You might have young dependent children and uh, there might be other distractions. But, you know, though you can receive now in the moment, you can do what Barbara did. You can go and shut yourself away this week with Father God and you can call on him. You might just want to play this through again and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to ignite faith and, and fresh desire in, in you. And, you know, I my own testimony of this is that my mum and dad got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So did uh, my elder brother and sister. But I didn't. And for a year, I just asked God, would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? And then just one day he, he did it. Not in a meeting, sitting, having a cup of tea. He just came upon me and baptized me in the Spirit. So actually, the Bible invites us to ask and ask again. God's not wearied by our asking. He loves to give good gifts to his children. So I'm just going to hand over to Sharmini. She's going to lead us uh, and then uh, I will pray and then I'll get you to pray as well. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to read over us um, Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then know you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is the giver of good gifts. Jesus paid a tremendous sacrificial price for our full inheritance as children of God, from the youngest of us to the elders. And that includes being baptized or filled in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that he would go to be with the father, but that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with us forever the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, the nurture, uh, healer, comforter, 
so this morning there is an invite to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, whether it's your first time or not. And, and I would suggest and encourage you to let us come together as an act of surrender, uh, an expression of eager, eager desire and thirst and posture ourselves to ask. It may look like you standing or kneeling, maybe opening your hands or raising your arms, but we come together rich in faith and expectation to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus longs for us to be empowered in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's posture ourselves, activate our faith right now. We're coming to Jesus. So Jesus, we come to you. Our confidence is assured because you always do what you say you're going to do. And so we come as a, as a, a community of faith, your children, and ask that you would send the Holy Spirit again upon each and every one of us. Every heart that is open right now to you, would you send the Holy Spirit that we would be baptized afresh in you please come thank you jesus now i'd ask you to verbalize your request do that out loud do it audibly and then let's just wait to receive what jesus is going to do thank you thank you jesus 